Hey guys, welcome back to Late Night Murder. We're your hosts, I'm Nicole. I'm Chase. This week we go to Oklahoma where we talk about the disappearance of Faith Lindsay. Faith is a 17-year-old girl in Oklahoma who was reported missing on October 2019 by her boyfriend who was worried about her not being at work when he had allegedly dropped her off. Thank you so much for all of the reviews from last week. Did you see those? Yeah, that was awesome. I was those, so shocked. Those are some sh- crazy, crazy good reviews. I know. We were like sending each other screenshots every time we saw another one. Yeah, that, was, that was awesome. You guys are great. Yeah, we really appreciate it. So thank you. Just a little trigger warning before we get started. This episode does contain descriptions of domestic violence, murder, gun violence. So I just wanted to give you guys a heads up before we got into it. So this week I actually got a lot of my information from what's called the Charlie Project. You're looking at me like you don't know what that is. No, I don't know what that is. I didn't either. So it's actually a website that profiles over 14,000 cold cases in the U.S. and around the world, I think. It's meant to be a vehicle for publicity on missing people who are either like neglected by the press or just forgotten and their stories get buried under other things. Oh, that's cool. That's yeah. a good thing. Yeah, so I thought that was really cool. Okay, we're going to start this episode by going to Paul's Valley, Oklahoma. Okay. And we're going to start off by talking about Faith Lindsay. All right. Okay. So Faith is 17 when the story takes place. So she had attended high school in Ada, Oklahoma. Okay. She also was currently working at a local Sonic restaurant. And you've been to that area of the U.S. You know, Sonics are all over the place. Yeah. They're a lot more popular out there than they are around here. Yeah. And then, so just a little preference, Faith is also part of the Chickasaw Nation. What's that? Like the native one of the Native American tribes in the area. <laughs> oh my bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I feel so bad. I made it sound like it was a club or something. No, well, I mean, you didn't know, and then where you grew up, there's not a lot of Native American people, and they're not very prominent like they are in Oklahoma. Yeah, but I guess not. Okay, at least you didn't think it was something bad, or yeah. I mean, it's better to ask. Yeah, I suppose you're right. <laughs> I thought you were kidding with me at first. I was like, what? No, no, I, I, I was not joking. <laughs> yeah, so a big portion of Oklahoma is actually still Native American reservation and land. Okay, well, God. if anybody listens, I apologize. I don't didn't mean to be an idiot. I just am an idiot, all right? <laughs> He's not being an asshole, guys. Uh, yeah, just an idiot, not an asshole. <laughs> Goodness sakes. So at this time, Faith lives with her boyfriend, Tanner Washington, They've been living together for about the past four months, and they have an apartment together. All right. In Paul's Valley. So we're just going to jump right into it now that you got a little background. Faith was reported missing by Tanner, her boyfriend, on October 28th, 2019. Okay. Wow, this is fairly recent. 
Yes, this one is a really recent case. So Tanner tells police that he dropped Faith off at the Sonic she worked at for her shift at around 2.50 p.m. And then he showed back up to the Sonic two hours later to bring her a drink while she's working, like mid-shift. Just come see her, bring her a drink, that sort of thing. Uh-huh. But she wasn't there anymore. Okay. So she just up and vanished. All right. So police are asking coworkers and managers and everything like hey what's what's going on like yeah, where'd she go where did you see her talking to someone like they're trying to figure out where faith went her co-workers actually state that she never showed up for that shift at sonic oh shit so faith's supervisor when interviewed by police had actually mentioned that there had been problems between faith and tanner that had affected faith's work before such as things like tanner would show up at sonic while she was working and bother her and the other employees. Uh, interesting. So he was kind of just like always there. He would come and like bother him, bug him, talk to him all. So what kind? What kind of bother him? Is it like a like a he's hanging out or and that's bugging them, or is it like a he's trying to fight with her? So I didn't get any definition of what she meant by bother because the bother was quoted from her statement but i feel like it could be either or because i mean even as a supervisor if someone's a boyfriend showing up to one of your shifts at your restaurant and distracting your workers you're gonna be a little irritated yeah yeah it'd be different kind of irritated though if he was like i don't know it seems like something that they would say if he was in there trying to start a fight or if he was just wanting to see her all the time Mm -hmm. yeah i didn't really get it find a definition of what she meant by that and also you can't go inside sonics most of the time no yeah i guess you're right just the driver i am batting a thousand this episode i'm sorry good lord come on man i just called it a drive-in it's a drive-through oh my god (laughs) wait no isn't their motto like america's drive-in i'm right okay i think i know better than i do Jeez, I, you, right. I am sorry, guys. You know, late nighters, just stick with us here. We're gonna get through this. I promise. It's been a week. Oh my goodness. All right, we've got we've got Tanner coming in there. They said that he's bothered them or affected her work one way or another. Mm-hmm. Okay, she never showed up at the shift. Got it. Yep. So they the police go to Faith's family, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Hey, what? I know she doesn't live with you guys anymore, but what's her relationship with Tanner? Because now they have this information from." the supervisor that Tanner would bother her. Got it. So Faith's family actually described her relationship with Tanner as an abusive one. Man. So Tanner himself even admits to investigators that on several occasions their relationship had, quote, become physical. Okay. Tanner also acknowledges that he could be controlling and also states that he thought Faith was getting ready to leave him. Oh, this is all looking terrible. But how did we mention how old he is? How old is he? So at this time in 2019, Tanner is 24. So he's seven years older than oh, Faith. He is older than her. Yes. All right. <clears throat> still young. Yeah, but there's still a pretty decent gap between a 17 and a 24-year-old. Right. I feel like the older everybody gets, that gap seems to be less. Yeah. Like if you have a 37 and a 60 that's wrong a 37 and a 44 year old that's a lot better like maturity level wise than a 17 and a 24 year old right right so and just another little tidbit as we keep going with this at this time of faith's disappearance 
Tanner's actually on probation for assault and battery against Faith. Sounds like a winner. Right? So after police have talked to everyone, they're kind of just looking around, trying to figure out where she went, what happened. They didn't see her with anybody. They don't know if she actually showed up to work. They're trying to figure everything out. Mm -hmm. So after Faith's family is told that she's missing, because remember, she didn't live with them. She lived with Tanner. Right. Faith's sister, Justice, actually began receiving hang-up phone calls and misspelled texts from Faith's phone. And Faith apparently was one of those who would spell everything right. Grammar was important, even when texting, that sort of thing. Right. So this is definitely weird. So the messages were along the lines, like the texts that the sister got were, quote, I'm with someone who won't take me home, in quotes. Okay. And this is all happening that day that she's reported missing. Like she's getting her sister's getting these texts that night or within the few days to follow. Okay. But like I said, the grammar and just the whole tone of the messages were unlike Faith's normal text to her sister. It's like when you try to text for me and you use words that I would never use and like my best friend notices. Right. So it's kind of that sort of thing going on, like her sister's. Yeah, she's some, something's weird here. Yeah, something's weird. We don't know where she is. Uh, and then she would get hang-up phone calls. Like, Faith's phone would repeatedly call, like, just call, call, call. And then every time her sister would pick up the phone, it would immediately drop the call. Like, it would hang up. Got it. So it was definitely really weird. Uh, police have admitted to actually saying that they believe it was Tanner using Faith's phone to torment the family during this time. Okay. So it's not, they don't think that it's, that it's her and she's actually in trouble. She just doesn't have time to, to call or what? That's what they're saying? Yeah. So they think it is Tanner because of this reason I'm about to tell you. So Tanner, when he was questioned by police and they were getting all their information, he had told police that he had gotten a text from Faith's phone stating that she had been shot. That she'd been shot? Yep. That she had been shot. At that point, they thought it was Faith doing the text messages. And then when police went back to Tanner, he later, he admitted, he was like, okay, yeah, I lied. She never texted me. I'm lying about that entire thing. Why? Why do you say you got a text from your missing girlfriend saying that she was shot? That's just stupid. Why would you do that? I don't know. But because... Especially if you're not full of shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? So because of lying about getting this text and then coming clean and stating that he had never gotten the text... He actually gets charged with false reporting of a crime and obstruction of an officer in November of 2019. Oh, okay. So here we are a little bit after Faith was first reported as missing. Okay. And then because of that whole lying and everything, that's why they think Tanner had Faith's phone. Yeah. That's just a weird thing to say. Mm-hmm. So on the day that Faith was reported missing, Tanner had apparently gone to an ex-girlfriend and the ex-girlfriend's current husband, who's a minister. Wow, she upgraded, didn't she? Yeah, right? And so when Tanner gets there to his ex-girlfriend and her husband's house, I'm going to butcher this. Sorry. I'm not good at pronunciations. I even mispronounced pronunciations just now. <laughs> My goodness. So Tanner tells these guys that Faith had been shot in Sasakwa, Oklahoma. And that he was the reason Faith had died. The day she goes missing, Tanner goes to his ex and tells them this. Okay. So the ex-girlfriend at this time, because he's like at their house, she notices that Tanner had a what appeared to be bloodstains on his shoes, pants, and cell phone. 
And then when they asked, Tanner said, oh, it's Faith's blood. Okay. However, due to Tanner's history of drug abuse, the ex-girlfriend and the minister did not believe Tanner. Like, they didn't take him seriously. They were like, oh, you're just lying. Like, that's just... You got in a fight or something or... Okay. Yeah, I... They didn't believe Tanner saying that, oh, this is face blood, she's dead because of me, any of that. That's just, uh, I, I would believe that. I would too, especially if you thought you saw blood on someone saying that someone died because of them. Yeah, I don't know. That's kind of weird too because he was already an abusive ass to her too, mm. I would imagine. I would imagine. I couldn't I find don't... any like previous charges or anything. Oh, but... no, for sure, but I mean, that's weird that they wouldn't believe him. Yeah. I don't know. So then when they do learn that Faith has disappeared, it that immediately pops back in their head, that event. So then they notify police, and police takes their statement at that time mm. of what had happened the day that Faith went missing. Okay. So at this time, when police get this statement from the ex-girlfriend, they get a warrant to search Tanner's truck, mm-hmm. as you do. Yeah, of course. So as they were searching the truck, they were able to discover additional blood stains inside the truck. It took them a minute to find the truck just because Tanner had sold it really quickly after Faith disappeared. Okay. Well, that's a pretty strange coincidence. Mm-hmm. So there was blood found in the back seat and on a pair of sunglasses. Further DNA testing confirmed that this was Faith's blood that had been found. Okay. It's getting wrapped up in a nice, pretty little bow, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So come December of 2019, two months after Faith is reported missing, Tanner is arrested and charged with premeditated first-degree murder, even without finding Faith's body. Like, they still have yet to find her body at this point. Okay. However, Hmm. the charges against Tanner Washington had to be dropped. For what reason? So there's this thing we're going to go into in a minute, and it's called McGirt versus Oklahoma ruling that took place in 2020. I think it was June of 2020. And it actually um, stated that if any crimes had taken place on Native American land or against tribal citizens, that Oklahoma had no right, like they had no jurisdiction to charge and try those cases. Okay. Because they didn't have any dealings on the land. Or with the citizens. Okay. I'll explain it a little more in a second. So what this whole thing stems from is a man by the name of Gypsy McGirt. McGirt, sorry. Okay. So in 1997, 77-year-old Gypsy McGirt was sentenced to two separate 500-year sentences for molesting a child. Articles do state that the child was very young when this took place. So McGirt challenges this rule by stating that the state court had no authority to try him for a crime that had been committed on tribal land. Uh, This incident had apparently happened on the Muscogee Creek Nation land. He argued that Oklahoma could not exercise jurisdiction over him because of under the Indian Major Crimes Act. And what that one said was any crime involving a Native American victim or perpetrator or occurring within recognized reservation boundaries is subject to federal jurisdiction, not state. Okay. 
All right. So I hate that. So, I mean, it's still a crime, man. Yeah. So since this, cases have been transferring from the state's hands to federal hands, even ongoing cases. All right. But this still seems like it should be a slam dunk here. So just to wrap that McGirt thing back up in a bow, McGirt got his resentencing. They were like, yeah, sure, we'll give it to you. Uh, And instead of two separate 500-year sentences, he got three life sentences. Well, good. Yeah, so pretty much what the McGirt versus Oklahoma ruling did, just it states that the state of Oklahoma does not have jurisdiction to prosecute cases that involve tribal citizens because their reservations have not been disestablished by Congress. Okay, so it just bumps it up to a federal level. Is that what the deal is? Mm-hmm. So pretty much what it says is, hey, the state cannot try tribal citizens or crimes that happen on top of tribal land. Got it. The federal the federal government has to pick up the case, and they have to decide whether it's worth trying or not. All right. Okay, so we'll go back to Faith's case. So the charges are dropped due to suspicion that the case had taken place on Native American land, like where Faith was shot, because the police just believed that Faith was shot, because why would Tanner bring that up? We, don't ha- we haven't discovered her body anywhere. We have not, no. This case... It's dropped by Oklahoma. And then, so the case has been picked up by federal court, and Tanner is currently in custody awaiting trial. Okay. As of May of 2021, that is the month that the feds took it up, like took the charges and recharged him. Okay. Um, And at this time, he has pled not guilty to the murder of Faith. At this time right now, today? Mm Mm-hmm. Since May 2021, when they filed the charges against him, he put in a plea of not guilty, and he is stuck by that. Okay. All right. And they still haven't discovered where where she is? So at this moment, as of right now, today, March of 2022, they are still looking for Faith's body. Faith is described... I'm just going to give a definition in case we have listeners in Oklahoma or anything like that. Yeah. They don't believe that she's still alive, but you never know. Right. So she's described as being five foot two, around 120 pounds. She had brown hair, blue eyes. She has a tattoo on her abdomen of a key with the initials JL and SM, and also a cross tattoo on her thumb. Uh, her remains are believed to be somewhere in Seminole County, Gavin County, or Pontotoc County, Oklahoma. And then if you have any information, no matter how small you think it may be, you never know if it could be the straw that breaks the camel's back and bust the case wide open. So then we'll put the phone numbers in the show notes just for the police departments that are currently investigating this. And we'll also put them right here as I speak them. So the Pauls Valley Police Department, you can contact. You can reach them at 405-238-5531. Or you can call the OSBI, which is the Oklahoma State Bureau of Investigation, at 1-800-522-8017. And if you're a shitty person who needs money as an incentive to bring Faith home to her family, the OSBI is offering a 5000 reward in assistance for this case. Hmm. And then before we finish this story, I do just want to say a couple things that Faith's sister Justice has come out and spoken about about domestic violence and being in those abusive relationships. Yeah. So her sister has always been pretty verbal about what she's been going through. They were really good friends growing up. 
And she says that not having closure of knowing what has happened has left her haunted in these past three years. I would imagine. She says, quote, it's a hard time because not knowing where she's at, not knowing if she's still here or if she's gone, we don't know. She also goes on to say that the family didn't agree with the relationship like we talked about even before the alleged abuse had started. Justice also says, quote, we tried and tried to get her away from him. She was so young. She didn't realize. She didn't know what love was, really. And she thought she loved him. End quote. Go ahead. Oh, nothing. This is just, I didn't expect this to be one of those. Unsolved? Yeah. That's crappy. Mm -hmm. So Justice goes on to say, a lot of the time, what is seen as a trend in abusive relationships, whether it be guy, girl, whoever the perpetrator is, they'll shower the person with love and then take it back so it's like love stemming and a promising beginning uh justice says in faith's case he quote spoiled her bought her all kinds of things but there was domestic violence i believe he went to jail once or twice someone called the cops or she called the cops for him hitting on her the thing is i think he would do that and then try to make it up to her that's why she would stick around she wasn't used to getting spoiled the way he did to her end quote Hmm. well hopefully we get some answers very quickly Hopefully we do. So here's the pictures, and of course we'll put the pictures in with our, on our social medias. Along with the uh, information yes. for who to contact if you know anything. Yes. So this is Faith's missing person poster, and it kind of like, gives, yeah. Here, oh, explain it to people. Oh, it's just, uh, I was just going to say, it's got all the information on there as well. And then there's a better picture of Faith, and this was taken a couple of weeks before she was reported missing. Yeah, she's very pretty. Mm-hmm. And this was also taken recently beforehand. Here's the asshole. Mm. Doesn't he just look like a fuck face? And then there's another picture of her. It kind of looks like she was going to prom or a dance or something. Well, I don't know how people could could look at, at people like that and say they would want to hurt somebody like that. That's crazy to me. I know. One last thing. With Faith being of the Chickasaw Nation and the Chickasaw Heritage, I found this statistic that was... Pretty interesting. It was from the Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women USA's director, Deborah Shipman. And she said that domestic violence is actually pretty common among Native Americans. She says, quote, about one in seven Native women are murdered, and murder is the number two cause of death for a Native woman. That's unacceptable, end quote. Yeah, so this case has no ending yet. Terrible. Yeah. The alleged murderer is... Awaiting trial. The family has no justice. It just kind of all around sucks. But I felt like we needed to tell her story to get it out there because you never know who just needs one little push to go to the police with anything that they know or anything that they have. Man, that sucks. I was just barely starting to get like warmed up there and, and all that. Uh, I don't know really what else to say. I know, it really stinks when the cases are shorter and unsolved. Yeah, well, hopefully people at least hear this and it will help in some sort of way. Yeah, and that's definitely the hope. And then if there are any updates, we can always do extra little tidbit episodes when there are updates to keep everyone up to date. I think I've said up to date enough. Yeah. Hey guys, I just wanted to put in here that this week's episode about Faith Lindsay was a listener requested case. We know that this episode is a lot shorter than our normal ones. With it being such a new case and 
everything like that. I, I dug and dug, and this is all I could find of it. We still wanted to do the case right now just to get her story out there and see if we could help facilitate in bringing Faith home to her family. But since this week's episode did end up a little shorter, we do have a little extra for you this week. We will be releasing another little bonus type episode on Monday. Thanks for listening to another episode of Late Night Murder. We really appreciate you guys tuning in. If you want to stay up to date at what's happening with Late Night Murder, you can follow us on social media. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Late Night Murder Podcast. Twitter, you can follow us at LN Murder Podcast. And you can find us on TikTok at Late Night Murder Podcast. If you have a case submission that you would like to hear more coverage of, or if you've heard a certain case a thousand times that you want to cover it just one more time, maybe get a fresh perspective for you, you can find a link to submit a case in all of our social media bios. As always, thank you so much for the reviews. This week was crazy for reviews. We doubled our reviews this week, it seemed like. And uh, if you haven't left us a review, that would be fantastic if you did. You can listen to Late Night Murder Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Audible, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast from. Okay, see you next week, guys. Bye! Bye!